Hello, welcome back to the Granite Zero podcast. It's good to have you back. Cheers for coming. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the one and only Kent CBD. CBD is scientifically proven to help with a manner of different things I can't even fathom to list on this read. But what I do know is it helps with your aches and pains in your muscles, tendons, joints, ligaments, etc. But also it helps with your mental health. Things like depression, anxiety, PTSD, sleeping disorders, eating disorders. The list is as long as a piece of string. So it is fantastic. And the product I use is Kent CBD. So check them out. www.kentcbd.org. Put in the promo code Granite0 at checkout for 10% off. You're welcome. All right. If you're like me, you love a good coffee. I like I like it dark roast. That's how I like it. I like it dark. I like it strong. And I like it in my coffee. And I like it drunk. No messing around. In and out. Get it down, yeah. Brilliant. But I've been thinking, what else do I like? I like veteran-run companies. So why don't I mix those together? And get a veteran-owned coffee company that is spot on. And for me, it's Green Beret Coffee. Veteran-owned, veteran-run, and it's fucking good. Tastes good. It is good. So, get amongst it. And what I can offer for you guys is 10% off. Put in the promo code GZPODCAST. 10 all one word g z podcast 10 and you'll get yourself 10 percent off products man so that's from your coffee your apparel cups you know brewing equipment just put it in and get yourself 10 percent off and enjoy it that's a gift from me to you for listening to the show green beret coffee check it out First up, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you for having me. Finally, finally, yeah, it's been a long while in the uh, in the discussions. Yeah, long time listener, first time caller, and all that. <laughs> I love all that. Love all that. But yeah, gen- generally awesome to have you on. I'm a I'm an avid participator in your questions. Or is it Friday questions? Friday quizzes, yeah. Friday yeah. prayers. <laughs> Friday prayers, yeah. Love all that, mate. Yeah, it's so, good fun. So, some of them I'm like, I should know the answer to this, but 
I'm going to get this fucking horribly wrong. But it's all good, man. It's all good. How you been? That's it. Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, Day job's going well. Um, Been a busy summer for us lot in the fire service. So that keeping us busy, but it's, you know, it's better than sitting around playing pool. So I'm happy with that. Um, And then GTC wise, it just, it just keeps going from strength to strength. Every single drop, I'm humbled. Um, we keep stretching ourselves more and more and more um, sort of investment wise challenges um, in every way. And even just the amount of stock that we buy in just is bigger every single time that we buy in new stock. And it just doesn't matter. We, we still within weeks of a drop of a new product, we're yeah. like, shit, we should have ordered more. Yeah, definitely. Well, every, well, quite a few times I've been into because I'm wearing one right now. I'm, I'm a I'm partial, devil. I'm partial to the to the flannel, you know what I'm saying. So uh, every time I've gone in, it's like sold out. I'm like, for fuck's sake, there can't be that many people my size. I'm not having it. Yeah, mate, and and that's the thing. Like we've got a lot of we we get the full range of sizes every time. You know, mm. uh, small to double XL, um, and like obviously the more niche sizes, there's less of. But yeah, still, yeah. we get a decent amount, and like it just flies. Man. And every single time, we're like, we should have bought more, but we can't afford to. You know, we max out everything that uh, GTC earns goes back into GTC. I don't take a wage. Yeah. Um, even our content creators, we don't pay cash to any of them. It's only in product. Um, like the only things that we pay out for is all just to make the business happen and to keep us growing and keep us developing these products that, you know, they're they're just little things that set us apart from other UK veteran-owned brands, really. Yeah, it's it's also a a pretty fucking alley brand as well, let's be fair. Cheers, man, appreciate that. When I first came across it, I was like, it's fucking cool as fuck. And obviously you've now got the Lakota boys on board doing their fucking alley photos up in the mountains, and it's like, that just looks even better, especially with yeah. the photographers that they have and things like that. It's just like, that's fucking shit hot. Like, They're wise, mate. They are wise. And they, they keep getting better as well. Every project that we work on together, they um, they seem to step their game up again and again. You know, the quality just gets better and better. The content in terms of specific to request and things like that just gets better yeah. and better every time. They're, they're cracking, mate, yeah. And you're proper smashing it, especially with the way things are these days, everything online, like having a decent online social media presence alongside a product that goes along with it. Fucking spot on. Like the amount of times that I've seen something online, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Usually a veteran product tends to have a skull or a machine gun or something on it. So it's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then you, you get it. And then within like weeks, the t-shirt's starting to fall apart and you're like, this is, this is fucking dog shit. You've just got shit product with a cool fucking logo on it. Yeah, mate, a hundred percent. And like, it is a shame when you see that, like we've been victims of that as well, you know, where the, the print quality's failed or you get it. And it's the equivalent of a fruit of a loom t-shirt. The first mm. time it's was, you're like, fits great, feels great. Brilliant. One wash in, you're like, I might as well throw this away or it lasts yeah. a few weeks, few months, but then the design flakes off. And, we're not immune to things like that. You know, we, we're still uh, a victim of the same methods of printing that everyone else is, you know, screen printing will eventually crack. 
it does happen. Like there's no yeah. way of avoiding that. Um, and vinyl printing will eventually flake off. It's going to happen. But yeah, it's about yeah. pricing your product <coughs> and making sure it's got the durability based on the price. Um, yeah. And all of ours does, and it surpasses that. Um, and it comes down to, you know, the flannel shirts took years of development. Great idea. Um, thank you, mate. Appreciate that. You know, it took years of development, took loads of iterations to get right, um, loads of sample after sample, but we weren't going to do it half-assed, you know. We wanted to yeah. do it properly. Um, and again, it's the same of everything. If you don't treat the garment the way it's meant to be treated, it will get fucked up, you know. Yeah. They, if you wash them on the highest setting and you uh, put it in a humble dry at the hottest thing, they will probably shrink slightly. Yeah, they, to, to be fair, this has shrunk a little bit, but I think that's my missus' fault. She hasn't washed it properly. Yeah, but and that's it. Either it, that, it either that, happen. or I've eaten far too many burgers lately, and I've yeah, has bit... locked down <laughs> really well. Put on a bit more size than I already have. Um, it, it's one of those, mate. Like everyone's every garment, because of the the um, the materials they're made of, they're going to eventually shrink and change yeah, and things like that. Um, nothing's going to last forever, but it's about getting as close to the durability required for the price point. That's where we're at. You know, we we're developing high quality products at prices that I'm personally willing to pay. That's yeah, it, yeah. full stop, you know. Yeah. And it's, it, it is good. It is good stuff. Like, I'm still waiting for the green light for my missus because I'm, I'm on a spending ban because I buy shit. <laughs> and she's like, what is this now? And it's like, well, I wanted it. Because I'm a bit like yourself, probably. I'm a sucker for a trucker hat. I love a trucker hat. Um, the flannel shirts, anything like that. I'm like that. I want that. I want that. And, and to be fair, I think... Um, Red coat is the other one. The red coat apparel. I love red coat apparel, yeah, they're yeah. sick. Mate. I, 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 they are sick. His, his stuff is is class. Um, and yeah, it, even down to just the des- the different designs, like it could be as simple as just your logo, mm-hmm. but you still are aware that this is also a veteran company. And I, I'm a, like most military guys, I'm a sucker for helping out fellow veterans. Like cap badges aside. You know what I mean? It's a different story when you've when you've left. Like you still have that inter inter service banter, but it's like, well, I'm a veteran. He's a veteran. We've done this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, I'll, definitely, mate. And the I'm pull, all for the pull sort of makes it closer. I think it's um for us, like for GTC, it was built to be slightly different, you know, and we didn't want to exclude anyone. A lot of um, people that I work with and talk to from the civilian space, you know, if not even in the fire service, just general civilians, they they have that want that they want to help a veteran-owned business. But then they've got that identity crisis of like... Can I wear it? Can I wear it? I don't yeah. want to look like a wall. I don't want to... Yeah, I get that. You know, and I get that. I understand that. And it's like, you know, but it comes down to the, where do you draw the line, you know? If yeah. you're wearing a rugby shirt because you you go to watch a rugby team, are you pretending to be a player or are you supporting the team? I think and some the, people pretend, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. column A, column B, isn't it? But yeah. um, it's the same with the forces and things like that. But 
the way that I wanted to market it was not just to isolate them. You know, we've, and it's made like GTC, every aspect of it, every product we develop, every logo has a reason behind it. um, And it's got a, a marketing lean, you know, every reason is to try and achieve this goal. You know, this one that I'm wearing here that isn't released yet is the rock design and it's the silhouette. And this is about, and then the way it's all printed is it's all for outdoor pursuit. You know, it was meant to look like a outfitting type company's logo. Yeah. Yeah. So there'll be more and more coming out uh, as the years go on. And this is for, to really lean into our mountaineering, outdoor passion, bushcraft type. You know, the basic, the normal one, um, the GTC baseline sort of thing is the old one. There's loads of different, every element in that logo, the circle one means something. And then the ones you can just see in the back here, like the Shaka, you know, obviously it's it's directed towards jujitsu, to surfing, to skateboarding. You know, it's all my passions. It's all the passions that when you're serving in the forces, people do. That's who we are. Yeah. So did did you have any sort of, intercompany rivalry because i've heard that quite a few veteran companies can be dickheads like i've spoke to alex before about it and he said that he's had a a few dealings with certain companies we won't mention on here tell you after Mm -hmm. um that were all fine with him at the start and then all of a sudden just took a giant shit on him like yes and no like i've been lucky so GTC and I've been lucky. We work with loads um, of other veteran-owned companies and we don't work with anyone that we wouldn't back and we wouldn't support. Um, I strongly believe that there's enough space in this yeah, in so. this world for everyone. Um, in this market base, there's enough space, you know. Everyone's got space and everyone's got a voice and we should all work together. Um I luckily haven't been victim of it, but I know of other brands that have. And it's the usual thing that you would find with any any business, you know, people taking advantage, trying to, you give them an inch, they take a mile, not delivering on promises, things like that. Mm. Um, I think most of it seems to be sort of pushed by greed or uh, jealousy. You know, they see a brand like Red Coat Power doing really well, um, maybe even doing better than them. And they don't want to believe it's down to individual output. They want to believe it's down to the lack of algorithm or um, they've done this instead of doing this, you know. And sometimes, you know, I speak to our digital marketing um, consultant, like the the person that we pay to help do all our ads and stuff. And I say to them sometimes, I was like, you know, early on, I don't really do it anymore, but I was like, oh, this, uh, this account, it just seems a bit fishy to me. You know, they've got 30 plus K followers, um, but they don't have any likes, any comments, mm. any engagement. With their f- Do you reckon they're bots? And a lot of the time she'd be like, maybe, maybe not. This probably is, that probably isn't, you know, and looks into it. And I've got to a point now where I've stopped caring. You know, I don't yeah. look at that anymore. Um, yeah, I started it, doing a similar thing. Like, because I, yeah. I found it with the with the podcast, trying to get the content out there so people see it like you have to get the right hashtags in tag the right people that will then share it etc etc and i looked at a few of my reels that i've put out of 
clips of the show and it's like got over 2000 sort of views on it i'm like Mm -hmm. but i've got like two likes i'm like i don't understand yeah yeah i'm like is it something that i'm doing is it is it the content shit and i was like content can't be shit because i'm in it (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean it's it's yeah mate i think the and i'm refusing to go right i'm gonna pay money for the advertising i know a few Mm -hmm. other uh bigger veteran podcasters have done the advertising thing so that they're constantly on people's feeds and <clears throat> whatnot i'm like i'm i'm refusing to put money into that sort of thing because i'm quite happy at where it is like i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not huge uh i'm not small anymore I'm, I'm a little bit bigger but i'm like i'm quite happy just trucking along putting in the graph getting the guests on like yourself well um, that's it mate i think you're you at the size you are you're getting like jt um come in you're getting some like awesome like cage warrior fighters in some ufc fighters you've got no need really like um until you want to step up to the next level and it depends you might get there without it like it's one of those mate but back to your sort of original question i think it's the same as any marketplace there's going to be people that driven by greed driven by jealousy will take advantage um overall i've been lucky where the the community has been to me personally supportive but i take everything with a pinch of salt anyway and don't overly trust anything but you have to put yourself out there you have to risk things you have to give people the benefit of the doubt otherwise it'll never grow you know you've yeah, got to yeah. send things to people and hope they do this and hope they do that and sometimes they do and sometimes bite you in the ass yeah i've, I've always sort of um admired uh john beamson for that from robust tours because mm-hmm. uh he's obviously always had a bit of a rivalry with other sort of veteran trekking companies and things like that and hiking companies and he's like i'm not about being the big fish in the small veteran pond i want to be up there with the with the big lot mm-hmm. i will take all the lessons i can get from them because they're the guys that i'm after it's like you shouldn't worry yourself about the people that are in here so for example like yourselves in the in the apparel sort of business yes you could be up there at the top of the veteran sort of own brands but you want to be alongside like the north faces and the true darks and things like that and it's like that's where you want to be yeah exactly mate you know it's um the age-old proverb i think it's an old chinese proverb of you know coke doesn't worry about pepsi um and it's it's very true coke doesn't sit around sitting there going oh i I wonder how pepsi's doing this year but i guarantee pepsi sits around going I wonder how Coke's doing. Let's massive, try and beat him. A massive thing on that, actually. I watched recently um, The Rise and Fall of Anne One. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw Advertise. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yet. Brilliant watch because they went for, they went after the market of street basketball, which is massive in America. And growing up, I used to love Anne One because I mm-hmm. loved that side of basketball. I used to take the street basketball onto the, onto the actual court when I played, which used to get me in a lot of shit. Um, I used to get targeted. I used to get elbowed in the face and all sorts. I used to love it, but but and one was like the the main thing, and they were like, "We've got this." Nike don't have this. Nike mm-hmm. are now struggling because we've got this market, and Nike went, "Oh fucking really?" They brought out that advert if you remember, where they're it's like to a sort of a beat of music, and the and the squeaks of the uh, of the trainers. Yeah, and then it's like, now we've got it. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> basically it was like that, and then yeah. they they just went on a on a fucking downhill as soon yeah. as Nike as soon as Nike just went, oh fucking really? Yeah, we um, want that market. We're having yeah. it back, sort of thing. 
it's it's one of those, mate. Like I think um, every market and every community is going to be a victim of it, um, and some people are victims of their own success. I did. I listened to a podcast of three of the better known brands. You you'll probably allude to who I'm talking about um, once you sort of hear this, but I'm not going to badmouth them because they are brilliant. They're doing wonderful things. And arguably these three companies started the veteran owned business movement within the UK. So without them, possibly I wouldn't be able to be where I am. So I'm not going to badmouth them as a whole. Um, And I think they do some amazing stuff and continue to do amazing stuff. But this one specific podcast that I listened to, they were essentially mocking and putting down, again, not alluding to names, but they were mugging off smaller up-and-coming veteran-owned brands. Um, And that's not saying some of them didn't deserve it. Possibly some of them did. I don't know who they were talking about. But the thing that sort of did get to me a little bit was like, they were just saying, oh, they're copying this, they're copying that, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're shit because of this. And I do get it because it's frustrating. I've seen it already with GTC, people starting to do things that we were doing a few months ago or starting to try to tap into markets that we're already in and things like that. So it is frustrating. But it just annoyed me seeing the big players of the game, hearing them essentially say, you know, there's no more space in this market for any veteran-owned businesses. So I think that's always going to be an issue. Um, and that was one select soundbite of one sort of situation. So whether they actually feel that way or they were talking about specific individuals is obviously only they will know, yeah. um, which is why I'm not going to come out bad mouth and for doing it. But if anyone's listened to that episode and if you listen to veteran-owned podcasts and follow the brands, you probably have done. Um, and that's, that just sort of riled me up a little bit. You know, GTC was in its mega infancy at the time. And I was just sort of like, who are you? Like, yeah. you, you know, and it it actually reminded me of like, you know, when an RSM on camp, so a regimental sergeant major on camp, leaves camp, puts his cane down and goes into Tesco at the end of the evening. He's just Steve in Tesco, yeah. you know. And it reminded me of that attitude in the forces of I you know, giving it the eye big I am, fuck everyone else. When in reality, as soon as you leave camp, you're the same as any other bloke. Like, who yeah. are you? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's a good little, um, a, a good little comparison, actually. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. And it's like, do you not know who I am? No, I don't. No, nah, no. Nah. Why should I? Yeah, it's, yeah. it is, it is. It is frustrating at times. I've had it with the podcast where I've seen guests that I've invited onto the show that haven't got back to me for whatever reason, but then you see him on another veteran sort of podcast and you're like, hang on a minute. Uh-huh. What, have I fucking done something wrong here? But it is what it is. I, I've, I've tried to branch out as much as I could where I found myself at one point going too heavily military related. And I was like, I'm treading on on an area where I don't want to remain because that was the the main issue of my depression and and anxiety was the fact that I couldn't let go. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't mind now having the likes of yourself, former uh, commando, on, on the show, and it's like, you know, that's fine now because. But before it was like, 
paratrooper, marine, fucking rifleman, whatever. Uh-huh. In a in a row, and it's like no, 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 because then we're, I'm literally just going over and over again of the same topics, and it's like I want to be different, which is I think the first different guest is my brother. He doesn't really count because <laughs> he's small and brown. He doesn't count. Nah, he's a my brother's a fascinating person to talk to. To be fair, um, but yeah, the first big one, big standout one, you could say, was uh, Jack Shaw from fights in the UFC yeah like, yeah I literally just sent him a message I went you fancy coming on and like instant reply almost it was like yeah mm-hmm. sure when and I found that they are probably the most humble people to talk to mm-hmm. that alongside JT having JT on I know he's a military guy but he's a, a huge businessman now with Black Rifle Coffee um the whiskey company that he's got, I've forgotten the name of it. It's gone out of my head. Lead Slingers. Uh, yeah, that's the one, Lead Slinger. And um, the uh, Article 15. And yeah. plus all his other stuff is producing movies. He's mm-hmm. writing constantly. But sitting down and having a conversation with him and how humble they all still are. I was supposed to have Evan on um, a couple of years back. Um, he agreed to, but then obviously things changed, COVID, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, that hasn't been reorganised. But it's like... The fact that they still took the time to reply. That, that's the big thing that I always find is that a lot of people don't reply. And I'm like, mm-hmm. even I get like sometimes with bigger popular stars with thousands upon thousands of followers, it might just go into the request thing and they might not see yeah. it. But when you've had one where it says seen at the bottom, that that's the most heartbreaking thing, you know? Yeah, mate. I think it's... It's one of those, like, if you start thinking you're too big for the boats, and as you say, like, it's the same with GTC. Like, sometimes it takes us a while to get back to things, you know, um, if we're working, if we're out of the country, if we're yeah, deployed, you know, it might take time. But any DM you send, anyone sends, I will read it and I will reply to it, even if it's a one-liner of nothing to do with us, done what we're talking about, bye. You know, we will reply. Um, unless you're, you know... You are someone called DM Patches seventy two from Pakistan that can offer me the qu- the quality of highest. Love I'm it. like, come on, mate! Like, I do my own research. I've already selling patches. Why do I need a yeah? A brand I, I had a bloke ask me if I wanted patches. Or what do I, what do I want patches for? Yeah. yeah, I don't know, mate. It just grips me sometimes, but I respect the hustle as well. You know, go out there, get I, your. I've get had your so market. many. I've had so many because one of my because I've noticed that one of the big um the highest tagged things for hashtags is like cats or dogs of instagram right so if you put that in your tag then you obviously you might get a few more people to look at stuff and um i always get in my dms like <laughs> do you, do you want to sell your pictures of your cats because we can promote it more and i'm like i haven't got any pictures of my cat what are you on about you fucking <laughs> you clearly so, haven't read you it's haven't just a read part of it it's yeah. just a bot that just fires over an auto thing for you. Yeah, mate, it's mental. I've uh, I've noticed recently there's an account called like some American or like American base camp, or at least looks quite American. It might not be uh, probably a Russian bot or something that literally just takes posts of mine from like 20, two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, repost them and then gives me credit. And I'm like, who? who are you what, <laughs> yeah. what is this i'm like i'm not going to do anything about it like it's it's just free like you're giving me credit so it's like well okay yeah, you yeah. know 
push my kit and stuff out. But I mean, they're smaller than me anyway. They've got a few hundred followers. I'm like, I don't understand I've, this. I've I, had I'm that. not backing it, but I've had, I'm not commenting on it. Yeah, I've had a, a similar sort of thing where it's like, come come over to us and we will promote your page. And I went, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't got loads of followers, don't get me wrong, but I've certainly got more than 34. So yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, up. It's like, we're, we are we are the admin for this military anonymous four thousand billion followers page, and you give us two hundred dollars and we'll. I'm like, no, yeah. man, I'm good. Uh, I'm good, son. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. So, what what sort of um, guided you towards the fire service? Then, a uh, mixture of things, mate. Really. So, um, the Marines wound up for me. Uh, uh, a bit of a long story, but I ended up leaving, so I left. Um, and then I was sort of at a little bit of a loss. So when I was going through the process of leaving, when you have your CO's orderly rooms and all that sort of thing, um, they're asking what you're going to do. And I hadn't really thought about it. I didn't really want to leave. So I was in that sort of like, I didn't have much choice. So I just sort of started looking then and I was like, well, I'd like a sort of middle gap between being a service and then being able to be at home, spend more time at home, things like that. I was doing consultancy at the time, traveling away, doing hostile environment um, work and doing um, counterparency and um, anti-poaching sort of consultancy and training. So I was away quite a lot. Anyway, I was like, I want something a bit more settled. If I can bridge that gap, that'd be great. Started looking around. Essex was where I was going back to. Them and London were both recruiting. I was like, actually, it sounds quite good on paper. Um, let's go for that. Um, and that was it really I was like okay I'll keep going with that and ended up in so yeah, yeah that's I, I looked for the longest time at Kent Fire Brigade mm -hmm. they never recruited until I got my now position where I'm a security site manager now um, just down the road from my house but I was like where were you when I fucking was that what, at, one, at one point at one point I looked I applied for the on-call uh, fireman, uh, mm -hmm. fire, fire person. Um, don't don't want to assume my gender. Um, and they went, how far away do you live from the station? Because obviously mm -hmm. you're on call. I was like, I am eight minutes because I looked on the Google thing. I went, I'm eight minutes away, and I went, sorry, you need to be less than five. I was like, yeah, fair enough. I went, I probably could get yeah. there in five if you gave me a fucking a blue light to use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely get there in five, but yeah. But for the longest time, they weren't recruiting. I was like, "This is ridiculous." Now, nah. nah, when I when I applied, they hadn't recruited in Essex for like nine years. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. It's they're a... suffering for it now. We've got a yeah, massive skills gap um, and ghost redund redundancies, and they refuse to admit it. But it is what it is, mate. It's politics. Yeah, it's it's a strange sort of thing in it, and I'm sure. It's the same with any sort of service. You get to that point where you've done a, a lengthy part of service and you're like, come on now, it's time for you to maybe hang up the helmet mm -hmm. and let some young blood in. But it could be similar to, to the, like we had in, in the Air Force Regiment where it was dead man's shoes. Like we had flight sergeants and warrant officers that just refused to fuck off. You're like, you've been mm -hmm. in for 36 years. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a small branch, isn't it, really, when you think about the reference, you know, it is a small branch and it's similar to the brigade, you know, and it's a great job. You know, if you get settled, you get happy, you know your routine, you know, yes, all right, 
firefighter pay isn't great, but it depends where you're based because it's nationalised now. You get about 31, 32K a year. 31, 32K a year, as you know, being down in the southeast is pissing in the wind. It's a struggle, you know, to, yeah. to you know, pay your mortgage, pay your bills, especially with the rising crisis with them going up um, even more, your energy bills, you know, to run a car, to put your kids just to do an extra class like a, you know, a club of the evening or oh, child tra- mind. You know, tell me about it. You're fucked, ain't you? Uh, and, but say you do that in the valleys in Wales, you're oh, a firefighter mate, there. It's completely different. Like yeah, so my um, my family, we're all from Hereford. My mum has literally just moved back to Wales. Sorry for your uh, loss. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bless her. Um, she's originally from from the valleys, but she's her mm. and her, her new husband have decided they wanted to sell my fucking house and um, <laughs> move, move back to Wales, which fair dues to him. Like, you know one, I mean? yeah. I'm not bitter at all, mum. I, I know you pretend <laughs> to listen, but, you know, um, nah. She, she needs to do what she needs to do but like for example the house that they sold I, I can't remember what the price of it was it was not a bad sort of thing i think it was about 310 i think they got for it in the end it's a three to four bed house you could have it as a four bed or you could have it as a three semi-detached and i was like that's gonna get you a fucking two bed like terrace house in kent mm. like my, my house is like we value, got valued the other day. We had a look on Right Move for a few down the street, and they're like two hundred eighty-five thousand pounds. And that is, yeah, that's a two-bed te- terrace house. Yeah, ridiculous, mate. Yeah, there's two there's two bed flats going uh, in and around South End, which is near where I am. Um, for two thirty, two thirty-five, mad, isn't it? It's mad. For a two-bed flat, you're like doesn't even have parking. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's one of those. It, it's, fucking south of England. Sort mate, your life it's a out. joke, isn't it? It's because um, we're so close to the fucking capital. That's the problem. That's all it is, mate. That's all it is, is London. But, it, you know... London's a shithole as well. I hate London. <laughs> it's one of those, mate. You earn, you earn okay, but, you know, it's a struggle down this part of the world. But Definitely. people get comfortable. So, yeah, I, I get why people don't leave. But, you know, it it is a struggle sometimes. But it's all right. It It allows me to go away still. It allows me to do this. Um, to grow GTC with a little bit of security behind it that I'm not like, I can take those risks. I don't have to take money um, out of GTC to survive yeah, that's and good. To pay my that's own good. wage. Everything that comes in, I haven't taken a wage. You know, I've been going over two years now. Um, and if I had any hair, it would have all fallen out. And if I had <laughs> any money, I would have lost my own job. So it's like, I would have probably, probably yeah. fired myself three times. So it just is what it is, mate. But yeah, it's going good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on something now because I I had um I had a nurse on yesterday, and mm-hmm. obviously another blue light sort of blue light family member similar yep. to yourself, and we were talking about how um how manic it can be in the ER, and mm-hmm. you know you don't know what's going on with with what within the nurses community the lack of support that they have if they do have to work on someone that loses life or are called into a, a fucking cat, a catastrophic fucking injury thing. Someone's lost a leg, et cetera, et cetera. They literally have no time to rest. It's like, right, that's done. We now have to move on to this. Well, what's it like within like the fire service? Cause obviously you guys get called to some horrific things. RTAs mm-hmm. fucking obviously burning fucking buildings. 
mm-hmm. and bushfires now because we're now officially Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you guys get much support, or is it literally deal with that, mate, when you can? Uh, yes and no. So, like anything, they've got the practices in place to to deal with it. Is it always followed to the best of its ability? And is it always necessary because it's it's a blanket system for um, a lot of people and not everyone's the same, not everyone processes it the same. So is it always the right way of doing it? And, you know, there's all those questions. Um, the big thing to mention is they get it a lot worse than we do, 100%. A&E nurses, paramedics, they, paramedics may not see as much trauma and depending on when the nurses, they may not see as much trauma, but busy-wise... Yeah, yeah. shift wise they're a hundred percent worse off than we are um i think it's a national thing but definitely in essex and london we do trim now um yeah. which was obviously you'll be familiar with and it was formulated um and sort of created by former royal marines and um i'll probably get it wrong but it's like trauma risk instant management or something like that i believe it believe you're correct on that yeah, yeah and essentially it's a system in place for when someone's been uh, a witness to a traumatic incident to be able to have an informal introduction to a process to deal with an issue um, before it becomes a formal issue, if that makes sense. So it, it's essentially a chat with a trained person. Then if they are, and that trained person is usually a colleague of the same or similar level to yourself, um, shared experiences, that sort of thing, not always and quite often, it might be just some random bloke in HR that's never walked out of the building. So you're like, no, nah, mate, see you later. But most of the time, it's someone that's seen the same stuff and been through it. And then if they get a sense that you need something else, they can refer you and it, it can move up. Um, it's a whole tiered system. So, yes, we have got trim in place. And I think a lot more work needs to be done. Um, but most, most of the time, mate, lads and lasses now deal with it their own way um and yeah. they deal with it quite well which is you know we'll laugh we'll joke we'll do some uh rather dodgy humor um and sort of process it in our own our own space in our own way but yeah there is a there is a system well that's good and i think it's better than the paramedics and the the nurses yeah, yeah it definitely seems that way we've got yeah. less than a minute so i'm going to ping you yeah. another link roger Stand, man stand by for the breaks there are no breaks for the advert <laughs> yeah that's there are no adverts. So. Welcome back. Well, there you go. Hope you enjoyed the adverts, ladies and gentlemen. I say that like I put my adverts in the middle, like most podcasts, but... Yeah, but there are I, none. I, yeah, well, I don't know about you, but it fucks me off. Like, I used to like listening to Rogan when he was on mm-hmm. Apple, because all his adverts were at the start, and you could just skip them. Yeah. Now he's on Spotify, they just pop up willy-nilly. Like, yeah. Mid- like mid conversation, you know, it hasn't even like paused for like an advert. It just pops up with, I don't know. Usually Huel, isn't it? Sponsored yeah. by Huel. That's the one, Huel. Yeah. I think of what it, couldn't think of what it yeah. was, but yeah, it, it's one of them, mate. It it I, does grip me sometimes, but also I get like he's he needs to make money. You yeah, know, that, that, the operation that's on doesn't that, move on its own, and it's the same with um, all the other podcasts that put adverts. Hundred percent, mate. Wherever that that's down to the, their sponsor. Like and same with YouTube videos. Yeah, when know. I when I spoke to uh, Green Beret and um and Kent CBD, I said, "Look, I tend to put my 
adverts at the beginning. But hey, my man. <laughs> I need to get some more, actually. That's uh, that's running low. It's running low. Mine's running low as well. Yeah. He hasn't spoken to me for a few weeks, so I know you're listening. <laughs> Where's my fucking now, oil? Nah. Now, um, now he knows we're both running low. Maybe we can uh, yeah, yeah. get a joint order in. Joint order. Um, but yeah, it's like I went, I put my adverts at the beginning. I went, is mm-hmm. there anything specifically you want me to say? Because otherwise I'm just going to ad-lib it and it's going to come out however I fucking want it to. They're like, no, nah, yeah. do, do what you need to do. I'm like, oh, happy days. Yeah. Well, that's good, mate. It keeps it relaxed, doesn't it? It keeps it yeah. relaxed. It, you know, a lot of YouTubers have started doing that as well, especially like because they can't control what adverts are put on by YouTube. Yeah. So especially if they're like gun YouTubers, they'll <coughs> get demonetized anyway. Yeah. So they don't have adverts or they have adverts, but they don't see the revenue for that, which is very cheeky of YouTube. Um, but a lot of them start putting in the advert in, in, in the, video the video. Yeah. And just try and make it entertaining. I respect the hustle. It frustrates me like it does with everyone else, but they're creating free content. Same with a podcast. You're creating free content. Yeah. You've got to somehow get compensated for that, even if all it does is pay for an, another mic when that one breaks or yeah, you know, I, another. I did I did have a, uh, a bloke um, jump in my DMs from America that um, I believe he's been on Jocko's podcast before. Um, but I might be wrong. But anyway, he's seen my podcast and said, I wouldn't mind coming on. I was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I went, usually with people from America, I um I do it via Zoom. And he's like, nah, I don't like Zoom. How about you pay for me to come out? And I went, whoa. I went, I record in a shed, mate. What? Yeah. What are you expecting here? Miracles. I went, nah, mate. And you know, I'm I'm all down for if I if I ever blew up, then yeah, I would be able to but fly people in, yeah. But at the minute, mate, I can barely put petrol in my car. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. But, I've seen that. I've noticed a, a few different podcasts now. Um, I've started doing that Patreon thing, and I'm like, yep. I'm, I'm like, that's not a bad avenue to go down. But also, I'd rather give it give give it free. Like, I'm not expecting people to pay to listen to me talk shit mm. for an hour and twenty minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, be. I think it's difficult, mate. Like. Obviously, you started it as a passion project. Same with the GTC podcast, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, they're passion projects. But as they get bigger, they take up more time or effort. If you want the bigger guests, you are like that guy, yeah. you know, you will have to start at least compensating them for their travel. Yeah, yeah. And you want to get better quality so that it matches the bigger audience. And like, if you're not getting earning money, it yeah, it's a difficult balance, mate. And I think every podcast is different and some people get it wrong. Some people get it right. That's going to be the constant battle. Yeah, I think. Definitely gets there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. One thing I do want to talk about still staying on the subject of um, the fire service. Like, yeah. What is the adrenaline rush like when the bell goes? Is, um, it, is it like Fireman Sam? <laughs> now I wish I'd be more excited. Now who needs a fire service? Now who needs it? Um, <laughs> so it's a difficult question, mate. Uh, obviously, adrenaline rush is very personal based, um, and I think it does fade. I have never personally is the only way I can speak about it, and I've never yeah, yeah. been overly excited by it, um, start to finish. You know. 
I don't know whether that was exposure to different things in the Marines, whether that was just the way I lead my life anyway, or whether, you know, I'm dead inside. I don't know. Possibly. Um, maybe, maybe a combination of all three. Um, but I was never overly excited um, and rushed by it. Some people do. Some people you can see get very sort of amped by it all. Um, but I never really was greatly at the beginning, but I was more than I am now. Um, it's almost like now, depending on what I'm doing, you know, if they've if the bells go down when I'm in the shower, just lathered up, it's more of a feeling of, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, than it is, I was gonna oh, say, yeah. Is it a fuck's sake sort of thing? Yeah, it kind of is. Like, sometimes I do say it, mainly just to get a cheap laugh out of the rest of the gang. Like, I don't actually mean it, because if the bells are going down, you're going to help someone, full stop. Yeah. And that's why you're doing the job. There's no other reason to be a firefighter unless you want to help people so sometimes you might say it and feel it slightly but a lot of the time it's just like let's go do our job um so some people yes for me not not a massive deal mate no um you know a good example would be you know we'd go when i wasn't a driver or if i'm not driving and i'm on the back of the truck it's a bit harder when you're driving um you know on the way back from a job at the middle of the night everyone else would be buzzing, talking about it. You know, when people are amped up, they talk about it, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. They're excited. They're happy. Laughs, obviously, you know, on the way back from a job because there's just no adrenaline in through my system. Yeah. If you can get your head down, get your head down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, and I'll be asleep, you know, and there'll be blue light runs where, you know, we're heading somewhere and it's a long blue light run and I'll fall asleep in the back of the truck. I'm like, not really that wound up. And it... Yeah. It pays dividends when you arrive because then you're not flapping. You get yeah, there. I was going to say, you probably find that, especially the younger recruits, quite possibly, when that rush first hits, they're probably fuck, like, like an officer in the fucking command centre, you know, fucking yeah. up in the ceiling. What do you mean there's a contact? Fuck it out. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, they're, they're flapping so hard they get altitude sickness, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose, like, being able to switch off and be like, this is my fucking job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's got a benefit quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, it helps me. Um, I'm, I'm quite good at detaching that and I don't get overly excited by it, but I'm also not a robot. Um, things do affect me. I do notice things. And then you do think about things like later on and things like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, in terms of adrenaline rush, there, there might be a slight spike if it's really exciting. Um, but most of the time, not not a great deal, mate. Yeah, which is also quite strange because obviously what you're doing is a fucking dangerous job. Like, it's not natural to go and play with fire unless you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, it, it is a dangerous job, like, and obviously there's a lot of risk that comes with it. There's a could potentially a lot of loss that comes with it. My next door neighbor growing up was a, was a fireman and he lost his life in a huge fire in, in Hereford. It was the sun Valley fire that basically took the whole warehouse out and he went in to try and save his mate. And unfortunately they both didn't come out. Um, and that, that was, I remember that was like the first, one of the first times I ever really sort of noticed loss so obviously seeing my next door neighbour, we were quite close at the time. He had three boys. One of them was tiny. And it was like, 
that they've now not got their fucking dad. Mm. And, but also, like, he's also, a, like, this word gets banded around a lot within the military, like, but he was a fucking hero. He went in to try and save mm. his mate's life without any thought about the risk to himself. That's, mm. It's fucking... It's it's one of them, mate. It's the utmost respect that I'm trying to say that I have for you. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. I think, as you know, serving in the military, it's kind of anyone that's ever done anything great is still just Steve down at Tesco. Yeah, you know, you know a lot of Steves down at Tesco. You, yeah, there's loads of them, mate. (laughs) Loads of them. It's we're in Essex. Everyone's Steve. Everyone's dad is Steve. Steve 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 or Dave. Dave or Dave. Yeah. you know, it's one of those, mate, like every human is capable of greatness. Um, do they get the opportunity? Do they get the luck? Do they get the facilities to prove it? And are they wired in a way that would exude that greatness? Um, I think in terms of the fire service, it's, it is a dangerous job, yes, and you still do um, accept risk. Same in the military you have a dangerous job and you accept risk. However, as technology has got better, as fireproofing in buildings has got better, as procedures have got more finely tuned, if you follow the procedures, wear the right equipment, don't take unnecessarily risks, the chances of you getting injured or hurt is extremely low. Um, And it gets lower and lower as the technology gets better, as building fire defense gets better, as long as, you know, the companies don't fuck it up like Grenfell and not care because it's cheaper. You know, the chances are less and less. And yes, there is still that risk. um, And you've got to accept that risk and you've got to know that that is a risk. But it's the same with any job, mate, that has that level of risk to it. That's not what you're thinking about when you're doing the job. Um, and you probably never think about it unless like yourself, you bring it up, but the, the old school firefighters were the real, the real heroes, you know, the old school smoke eaters that would be putting in doors straight away, climbing in there, you know, with nothing but this round your face, covering it up. Um, they're the real heroes, mate. And they're the ones that even down to when your neighbor would have, would have done it. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been early nineties. Yeah, a, a similar sort of time, you know, they would have probably only just brought in breathing apparatus then. Um, a load of those guides, if they're still around now, probably died of cancer um, just because of the smoke inhalation. The the average lifespan of a firefighter is something like 15 years less than the um, average age of a male in, in the UK. Um, and it's even like a bigger gap in the US. So... It's one of those, mate. Yes, put, it's the risk. Do they put that on the application as well? It's front page, yeah. Yeah, front page, <laughs> right. Uh, in massive print like yeah. that. Like, you will die earlier if you do a full career. That's, um, a, that's like when uh, we were out in, in Iraq when we had, um, I think it was called Macorba. It was literally at the front of the vehicles to basically send a infrared heat signature out to uh, blow up any IEDs if they're fucking there. Mm-hmm. So... Before we went out in Afghan with the Valens and that, like we we would do that. That's Op Barmer with the Valens cracking on, spot on. In Iraq, it was Op Dalton, which was literally you would go out and you just walk in a line looking, <laughs> and then the vehicle would 
you'd like then go behind the vehicle, the vehicle would move up with the Macorba going out. But they were like, uh-huh. they were like, just be, just be aware that this does send out radiation, so you might go impotent. It's like, what? Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was like, hold on. And you want us to stand in front of that? Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. It's, mm. it's, it's not a high chance. Yeah. It's only a nine-hour patrol. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Fucking it, hell. It's one of those, mate. Like, what's the biggest risk to a firefighter? It's dying in a burning building or cancer, uh, catching cancer when they like later retire. What's the biggest risk for a um, a soldier when they're you know out on patrol, getting a shot or explode like blown up? Well, when they go out and they get their your your brief to start your job, the main effort is never. Don't get blown up. Yeah. The main effort is <laughs> yeah. achieve this goal. It's yeah. do this to achieve this. Also, while you're there, don't fucking get blown up. Yeah. It's the same with the fire service. But they always stick know. that. They stick that at the end. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Now, yeah. now you got the now you got the tax sergeant for the medical brief. It's like, yeah. hang on, I've just sat through four hours of orders here. Yeah. You're already <laughs> asleep, man. Yeah. That, that O group has already gone in one ear out the other, and you're napping. Yeah. It's like um, so. So it's a golden. Golden hour, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll remember that. I've got an hour yeah, before I'm yeah. dead. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> How quick you were a tourniquet. That's all that matters. But mate, it comes down to one of those. You know, it as things progress, things get less dangerous. But there's always that level of risk and always that danger. Yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your biggest takeaway of of joining the fire service? What's What's the biggest thing that you've Biggest when I when I say biggest takeaway, what's the I'm trying to get my fucking words out now? I've had a fucking break. It's, it's, it's lucky you don't do a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's, like, lucky, it's, my, lucky, uh... it's lucky I don't make words up and and forget what I'm talking about halfway through a sentence. What like biggest lesson learned? Yeah, big, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. See, yeah. see, he fucking knows. Uh, he knows. It's difficult one. It's a difficult one. Um, or my... one of. One of it doesn't have to, yeah, because you could probably yeah. think of about there's loads, there is loads, but I think one good one would be never underestimate someone else's stupidity, that's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, things that you would think no one's ever gonna do that, mm. and they fucking do. Um, that comes from members of the public and clients doing just mental things that you think, why the fuck? Like, we had one bloke, um. He had a bonfire going absolutely fine in the middle of his garden, burning wood. He had another, like where he was carrying the wood from to put it on this bonfire was about another five metres away. So light bulb moment in his head, he went, I know what I want to do. Instead of moving all this wood over, I'm going to pour some petrol, draw a line from one oh, fire to the, hell. to the wood <laughs> so that it can set light to that without me having to move it. Obviously, as soon as he started pouring, flames shut up into the uh, into the thing because it's the fumes that are lit. He goes, panics, throws the petrol can. That flaming petrol goes all over his fence, all over the neighbor's shed, all over the side of his house. Bang, everything's going. And he runs away. And it's like, we get there, we sort it, not a big issue. Um, we managed to get there quick enough and, and calm it all down. And, and there was no major loss to life, just property. But it's like what happened mate and he explains it and you go what the fuck were you thinking yeah. like what so never underestimate some stupidity <laughs> um but also like no one's a hero and everyone's a hero i think that's my biggest one is no one's a hero and everyone's a hero like there's 
so many people that walk around giving it the Barry McGuigan. Um, you know, I'm a fireman. Look at my fireman T-shirt or firefighter T-shirt as I'm walking into Tesco. You know, look how important I am. Show just, me respect. He's just Steve. Oh, it's just Steve, mate. He's just Steve. You know, there's so many people out there that get into the fire service to tell people they're firefighters. You know, yes, they might yeah. be there to help people, but they love bigging it up and, you know, coming on podcasts saying how amazing they are, how many rescues they've done and how dangerous the job is. But they're not. They're just they're just normal people that are just giving yeah. it the big licks. And then on the same side, a lot of the time you see random people dragging other people out of buildings you know before you even get there or it's the yeah. weediest weirdest person on your watch does the thing on a job that <clears throat> really makes a big difference and helps a lot of people and puts themselves at risk so everyone's a hero no one's a hero um and never underestimate someone's stupidity yeah yeah I'd it's say. A, <laughs> there's some fucking good ones to take away to be fair so you, you spoke briefly about the um, the anti-poaching and the mm-hmm. security consultancy stuff. Was that directly after leaving the Marines? Was it was it was it yeah. one of those little light bulb things? I'm a Marine, what can I bring to the world? Well, I'm basically infantry, so I'm gonna go into security work slash CP slash maritime, similar to what 99% do. Yeah, essentially, mate. Yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty I, similar to me. I didn't know what what I was nah. doing, so I went right. I'll do a CP course. Have I used it? Have I fuck? Yeah, you, you, you've yeah. actually gone and used it. But yeah. mine actually it's... looks really good on my CV, though. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> let's be honest. I didn't even bother doing my, the course, my, mate. I just cuffed my, it all the way through. My, my first, my first job interview, I went in, and they went, "You do know this is a security officer role at Waitrose Distributing Centre?" And I went, mm-hmm. "Yeah." And they went. You've got a close protection license. You're overqualified. I went, yeah, but I need a job, mate. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I know what I'm I've not, applied for. Yeah, I went. I'm not waiting on a list to go and do CP that might never happen. I went. I kind of need a job yeah. now. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, yeah it, it's kind of a bit of everything, mate. Like I had a connection uh, and a bit of a network with a guy doing hostile environment training. Um, I bunged in a lot of leave. Had had a lot of leave saved up. Um, my last couple of years in the forces I did, I was doing a lot of uh, training roles, a lot of um, yeah. S-triple-Ts, like short-term training teams and stuff. And I realised that, weirdly enough, for some reason, people believe the British accent, even if you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I was doing a lot of instructing, went away, did the hostile environment stuff. Uh, I'm a big animal lover um, and feel quite strongly about poaching and anti-poaching and um, things like that so i reached out to a couple of guys that i knew were doing it looked at a couple of charities and i just eventually got a few different projects doing different things uh with different organizations you know using the boat neck network using the veteran network um and it just sort of spiraled from there really picked up more jobs um and i've got no official qualifications you know i've got my med qualifications um to a decent level um, but I've got no teaching quals. I've got no CP course, nothing like that. Yeah, I think but with, with, I just bounce with, from course to course. Yeah, with the with the CP course, I think that literally is for the UK because it's obviously SIA license. You to perform security, you have to have that license. But if you're yeah. doing it abroad, then yeah, you know, yeah, mate, it, it's, it is is a fucking Iraqi over the fucking Middle East going to go? Can I see your license, please? 
it all comes down to insurance most of it um yeah. all comes down to insurance but mate at the end of the day it just sort of is what you're doing and um i've been quite lucky i've the boat net network is ridiculous there's people doing everything everywhere and then the wider veteran network is even bigger so you almost get a leg up straight away if people know you're a bootneck because they just assume straight away that you're a good bloke. Um, don't get me wrong. There's loads of shit cunts out there. Sorry. Uh, I don't know how you, bad you can swear on this. You but can swear, but um, if you want, I was going to say, I bet there's yeah. a fair few shit cunts as well. Of course there is. Just in every regiment, every every group of people, there's some people you don't want to work with. Um, but people assume straight away if you're a bootneck, you're switched on, you're a decent person. Most of the time they get it right. So you already get, you get the grace, you know, you already get that rope to hang yourself. And then most bootnecks manage to tie in a lovely knot and make a bow out of it and have decent careers. So um, yeah, it's mainly just stuff that I stumbled into and, you know, one project led to another, you're working on one and they're like, oh, we're doing this for this provider in X amount of months. Are you free? Yeah, I am actually. And you, you roll from one to the other um covid obviously took a big hit started doing some stuff domestically um but yeah no it's fun mate it it allows you to get away see some stuff and people pay for your flights so i was gonna say so is 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 the anti-poaching predominantly in in the different african territories is it in africa yeah yeah mainly south africa um or southern sub-saharan africa yeah oh fucking nice little holiday for you exactly was it, exactly. Was it a busy time of year? Did you get to see many lions? <laughs> very busy. Very busy. Saw all the big five in the first day or so. So, yeah, mate, it's, is it's the one big of those. Five, is the big five as big as the big three, though? Because, you know. Don't know, mate. Don't know. Depends how big the five mile of death actually is. Well, exactly. <laughs> Toe to dough at the bar. <laughs> What a great, uh, great video that was! Oh, it, it really video. helped your guys' uh, reputation. Did. But the annoying really thing did. is, is Scouse Taylor, his name is. He actually took my. Um, he was the flight sergeant on uh, what is known as field gunners, which was what that course was. That's our right. inf- the the main infantry phase that we have before we join the squadron properly. And he is actually a switched on fucking sound bloke. He was ex. Um, SFSG. He worked alongside Three Power for quite a long time. He's actually quite an alley bloke. However, don't say that in a video. I think that's it, mate. Like <laughs> he was quite clearly trying to motivate the lads to get ready to go and complete an arduous task. Uh, what would be considered an arduous task for um, any infantry regiment, bar the Paras and the Marines, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, that they they call it Tuesday, yeah. but yeah, like he quite clearly was trying to rouse the lads up, yeah. and I get it. You know, it, it makes sense funny. why they were doing it, it but it was quite it, funny. Very, it was cringy. recorded and shared a lot, and you know, and now it yeah, and now it's just the folklore. Now it's like that's what yeah. we do, and it's so yeah. funny because I've tried to tell people so many. Like my final exercise was not for fucking five miles. That's for fucking sure. It, I can't even, it, it wasn't, don't get me wrong. It's not like your fucking end one where you get your fucking green lid. Don't get me wrong. It's not that long. However, it was fucking ages. It was 24 hours worth of graft with a fucking massive firefight at the end. And like he said, it is all the scales, all the bomb. We had fucking, the kit was so heavy. It was unreal. 
And it was literally, you get done and you're like, I'm fucked now. And it's like, right now you have to tab back to the fucking, the white angel to take you home. It's like, oh, fuck's sake. But it's like me and my me and my pal Chris, who's been on the show quite often, he went, We've we never did the five mile of death. It's so much longer. And that day is so fucking long. And it's like, but people only hear that bit and go, Well, it's five mile of death, and it? it's like, oh fucking hell. Never, never, <laughs> never let the truth get in the way of a good dip, mate. I know. And don't get me wrong, we've we've had that one, then we had Obviously, the Battle of Bastion, which that's that's a favourite of mine. I like that the, one. Do you know what the funny thing about that is? Because obviously, um, yes, airfield defence is our task. That is our task. The tower that they went through to cause the Battle of Bastion was a fucking Tongan tower. They closed the shutters and just fucking stopped because it was literally that the regiment team that did the Battle of Bastion fucking hate that it wasn't a battle um it was 51 squadron we took over from them so it was like we know exactly what happened with which towers it was and it was because mm-hmm. of our quick reaction force that they didn't get anywhere further so they actually did a fucking good job the bit that pisses me off is well you know they shot their own body on i don't you allegedly yeah what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. But yeah, like you said, we we uh we guard the naffy um and we shoot our own body armor after doing a five mile of death. So everyone everyone's got a role, mate. Everyone's got a role. Some people get to fulfill it, some people don't, and oh, some people like to big it up. It, oh, I know, I oh, know. And, and as you said, there's fucking shit cunts everywhere. Definitely. Yeah, there just seems to be more of an referent. There are there there are loads. <laughs> Gen- genuinely, there are loads, and and most of most of the ones don't like me because I'd fucking tell them how it is. Um, but that, that fucking technology. So what I was saying, <laughs> what I was saying was, uh, after giving you the heads up for the for the fan questions, I've actually got some. Oh, awesome! From a from a Jack Preston, we've actually got quite a few from him, which is all right. <laughs> So the first one for you, mate. We, we sort of covered this in the in the last instalment, really. What do you think of what do you think of paras slash other units? Uh, yeah, like we covered, mate. I think that like, I've got many mates that are paras. I've worked with stuff in the job, some in the job, um, and then like afterwards as well on different projects. I think most of them are good blokes. Like with anything, there's good blokes and shit blokes in every group. Um, most of them are good blokes, and the job they are trained to do, they do to a high level. Um, and that's the that's the sort of the gen truth. Yeah. Obviously, banter aside, you just within the forces you choose your group to have banter with. And it's like if there's if there's two troops of bootnecks, it'll be one troop versus another troop of bootnecks. If there's bootnecks versus paras, it'll be bootnecks and paras. If there's bootnecks, paras, and another regiment, it'll be bootnecks and paras together against the other regiment. If it's, you know, you're on the outside, it's veterans versus non-veterans. You know, you just pick a group, you pick a tribe, um, and you enjoy the banter that comes along with it. But overall, every regiment, every group, every service, they've got a job to do. And within the British military especially, nine times out of ten, they do it to a high level. Um, better than most other countries, anyway. Spot on. And if it's army, 
Air Force and Navy, they're all going to have a go at the RAF Reg. That's a fact. Everybody. Yes, yes, they are no, the whipping boy. No one likes us. Um, <laughs> anyway, so second question. What was your worst thrashing? Uh, worst thrashing was definitely in training by the quietest sniper on the training team. Um, he barely said a lot. Uh, other corporals called him Corporal Cuddles because he didn't say a lot, didn't shout a lot. Um, we fucked up one day and by fuck up, I can't even remember what the fuck up was. Probably one of those things we didn't actually fuck up. Yeah. But the whole troop was thrashed. It was um, a winter month, frost on the ground. Yummy. He, did, he didn't, yeah, he didn't raise his voice once, but it was just a lot of crawling around um collecting stones from one place to put them into another place just to put them back in the place that you picked them up from um all our hands and elbows um were just like bloodied and red from just like the sharp ice cutting into them for like what felt like three hours in hindsight was probably 20 minutes um so yeah that was the worst fashion just slow monotonous crawling Character for a building. long, long period of time. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. And I learned my lesson, definitely, even though I can't remember what yeah. we did wrong. Yeah. We <laughs> but had, I remember the fashion. There's a, quite a few that we had. Um, w- the main one was actually just basically the whole morning. So before we officially pass out into the Royal Air Force, before we crack on with the infantry phase, we have to go through bayonet, obviously, which is what separates the infantry from your regular army air force navy so we went and did uh we went and did bayonet and it was basically hours of just being thrashed like throughout the whole week they gave you timings that you couldn't meet so that they would yeah you. you would have fucking they would give you early fucking revali so you didn't get much sleep then it would be you'd have something like your bootlace was untied or something and it, that would be a thrashing for that and then that would all build up to the final day and it was literally they'd start with the with the room inspection which you knew you were going to fail they you could have had it could have been the most gleaming fucking room inspection ever but no it's all playing their game in it yeah and then it was you'd be beasted around the block constantly sprinting round, and then you'd get to the armory you wouldn't be able to sign your weapons out quicker quick enough you wouldn't sign out the bayonets quick enough you'd get your bayonet and they would say why is it rusty um, it's not mine. It's I just signed it out. I've just been given it. Do, do you know what? Do you know what I mean? You want to say well, it's not mine? You've just you've just gave it to me. If it was mine, it'd be clean. Um, it's stuff like that. And it was literally. I remember one of mine was he got me to get my mess tins out and then pulled my um, knife and fork out and he was like, "Well, it's dirty." And I was looking at it. I was like, "It's fucking not dirty." I know it's not dirty. I fucking had the Brillo fucking on it the other day. Fucking gleaming. But then there was a, a mound that it felt it felt like about four miles away, but it probably was about four hundred meters, and it and it was known as pork pie, and it was like pork pie nice. goat, and you'd have to sprint out to pork pie, and I, I I ended up taking this part of the drill, and I started when I started doing boot camps myself, um, helping out a buddy of mine, before I got fat, um, I would use what I would known as grenade drill as part of my thing so you shout mm-hmm. grenade you'd have to hit the deck and start crawling so you'd be yeah. sprinting to this fucking pork pie and then all of a sudden it'd be grenade and you're fucking on yeah. the deck and i was I like, always take cover 
Yeah. You're sprinting off, so take cover. You have yeah, to go down hard. Fucking hell. Yeah. But yeah, still to this day, I remember fucking bayonet training. I remember going up to get my certificate for um for passing out into the Air Force um, from the uh, from the station commander. And I remember standing up and getting cramp and having to like march over to him with cramp. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. Uh, TikToking over. Yeah. Th- third question for you. Best galley scran. That must be a bootneck thing, is it? Because I've never heard of galley. Yeah. So galley is a kitchen. Scran is just food. Um, I got the I got the scram bit. We, we obviously yeah. we obviously have to go to the the five star hotel. The hotel. Get, yeah. yeah. Um, best galley scran in the UK, not non-existent. Uh, it's all turbo dog shit. True story. Um, out in the US, as long as you don't mind sugar. Most of it is actually pretty good. Um, it's not amazing. Galley's grand full stop is not amazing. Uh, at Christmas, they make a half decent yeah, um, yeah, they roast put, dinner. They do put an effort in, to be fair, Christmas. You barely eat much of it, and then you end up throwing the rest around the galley. Yeah, so I never understood that. <laughs> like, where it's all going to end in a food fight. Why? Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's the only <laughs> half decent meal they ever make. Um, yeah. But then again, when you're in training, everything tastes good because you just can't get enough calories in anyway. Yeah, so, I, know, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, there's, there's no good galley scran, but when you're in training, everything tastes good. Uh, even on, on deployment, like we, we found um, going to the American defects were far better than the British ones. However, yeah. the Americans prefer to eat in ours, I found. Oh, yeah, weird. especially I, the US Marines, but that might be because they used to eat in crayons. I don't crayons, know. yeah. Yeah. Um, saying that, we did when we were in Oman. We had um a chef, like an actual war marine chef, which are like rocking horse shit, and I don't even think the branch exists anymore. Um, and although he was turbo <coughs> throwers all of the time, he took pride in his work, and he did actually serve up some decent stuff. So that wasn't too bad. But yeah, no. yeah. Right, we've got two core specific ones now. We'll start with um with the one at the bottom, which must have been the first one he asked. Um, do you know anything about the sniper course within the core? Uh, I know a little bit. I never done it. Uh, I got many mates that are snipers, have yeah, been so, snipers. Same with me. Like I've got yeah. quite a few buddies that were snipers yeah. within ours, and yeah. It's got it's, to be um, uh, it, probably the, similar to you guys. It's one of the hardest ones you, courses you can take. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and it's one of the most well respected as well. Yeah. Um, everyone knows that if you're going on the snipes course, you're probably a decent bloke. Um, specifics, I don't know much, and I know it's changed quite a lot. Um, I do know that they do get a lot of third party uh, forces coming in to do the Royal Marine sniper course because it is considered one of the best long range um sniping courses in the world yeah so i know there's a big crossover with foreign forces and outside regiments um and it's got a great reputation it is considered one of the best and hardest sniper courses in the world um you know there's paras out there that are royal marine sniper qualified there's guardsmen that are royal marine sniper qualified there's us forces there's foreign foot loads so yeah um i don't know any specifics but it's got a great reputation yeah, it's always right. hard to get on um and yeah it seems like a good course the lads 
seem to come off with some good skills. Yeah, I must admit, I don't think I've ever met a lad that's been part of the the, the sniper section that has been a dickhead. Mm. Um, a couple of very uh, one, in fact, well, two. I've had two of um, my squadron snipers have been on the podcast. They're both fucking sound lads, and then uh, one one in particular that. I refer back to quite a lot on the show is is Sai, um, who unfortunately ended up taking his own life. Um, he was he was one of the best blokes within the whole of uh, our squadron, and uh, yeah, he was he was one of the top snipers as well. And I believe fifteen squadron um, at the time I was serving had some of the best snipers within the actual military itself in terms of going off doing that because they have that fucking can't remember the full name of it. Um, but obviously the the range competition um and they they won it quite a few times um so yeah snipers are cool everyone loves a sniper um yeah. just got to remember how fucking hard it is if you can't sit still then you might not even, I wouldn't even bother <laughs> yeah it does seem like most people concentrate on the shooting and the reaching yeah, out touching people throwing them as dex chairs but yeah, 90% of the job is you know, shitting in a cling film bag and watching people. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I actually ended up not shitting in the cellophane bag, but um, watching people was actually what I ended up doing for a couple of years, doing um, surveillance. Luckily, I was actually in a van, so I could move about a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, do you know what I mean? That was one of the courses I actually applied for before I, I left because I started taking the piss was to be a long-range surveillance operator, which was cool. You get given the fucking ghillie suit and all that shit. Um, but, Gooch. yeah. So we got two left, right? One from this guy and then one from me, because I, I want to cool. know anyway. But the one from uh, from Jack. What does it feel like when you get your green lid? Ooh, very good question. Um... A lot of different feelings, a lot of different emotions. It, you know, it's a long period of time. It's a long time coming. You start the process when you first walk into a careers office um, and it doesn't quite end when you get handed your lid, but that's when you know you've ticked that final box. Um, I would say the biggest, the biggest overwhelming feeling is, is relief and pride. You know, you're just happy that it's over um, and then you're just proud to be part of this um incredibly distinguished history uh, like history historic group of men that have done in the past and continue to do great things every single day whether they did it serving or afterwards so yeah just overwhelming pride and relief that it's, it's over finally and i'm sure the biggest thing to take away from it is the fact that you can then stand toe to toe with the Air Force Regiment. The Raf Reg, yeah. Yeah, yeah in, that's in the bar. So that's that's, that's <laughs> got to be the main takeaway from it. <laughs> oh, but in anyway. The on the Falklands. Yeah. The the uh so the the final question for myself, and everybody's gonna be wanting me to ask this at the start because we touched on it before we even hit record. Yep. What's with the mask? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it, it is a question we get a lot, you know, and you see the majority of our photos have the faces blurred out. And there's... Yeah, I did laugh, actually, sorry, just to put in. I laughed at the on. Dakota boys because they've obviously yeah. reposted one. I went, what do you think, you fucking SBS now or something? And they were like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. And it's, uh, it's many facets to it. Uh, when we first started GTC, all of the imagery was obviously of me. I was the only person that I, we had representing the brand. Um, and I'm not a big fan of social media. One, I'm rats. Um, and two, I just don't really like social media. You know, I don't do anything overly sneaky beaky. Um, I'm not an SFSG like or a um, SRR operator. I'm not special forces. I'm not former special forces. And, you know, anything I did in the Marines is already history. It, I've got nothing to hide. I just don't like social media. I wouldn't personally put all of that information out there if I didn't have to. I've only came to that conclusion later on in life. So there is hundreds of things online, photos, mold profiles, things like that, photos and names that aren't edited. And I'm not going to go through and take them all down. I'm not that bothered. Um, and it's not like it's really hard to figure out who I am. Um, you know, my full name's on the screen here. Uh, I don't know if that'll be in the recording or not. I have um, no idea. If I'm honest, I don't, I have no idea. No. And again, it, it doesn't matter either way. It's not hard to figure out who i am if you do find my personal uh instagram account that's not a actual name a lot of the photos are blurred out and similar anyway um and same with the the facebook you know it it's mainly that i don't want social media and then as it's progressed it started off being a thing that we did marketing um and we stuck with it and we we stuck with it for a couple of good reasons the the big one being is like Gibraltar Trading Company isn't about me. It's not about my face. It's not about me being the yeah. face of the brand. The brand stands for itself. Um, it's got a developing history and a developing community around it. Every single symbol, every single logo has enough meaning and history behind it that we don't need a face. Um, and that's another reason is that we're not one person. We're not one face. We're a community and we're building that community as we grow. Um, and then the other one really is because it looks fucking sick. Um, nothing <laughs> looks allier than a blurred out face. Um, and that's the truth. It's marketing. You know, a, the large region that we haven't done anything with it and we keep continuing to do it is that it's marketing. It keeps it on brand. When you look for our profile, most of the faces are blurred. Not all because there's some people that you want to know who their face is. <clears throat> like uh, Jake Best, who does... Um, Sorry, not Jake Best. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, it's Jake Best that does a lot of the charity challenges. His face isn't covered because it's easy enough to find out who he is and we want to promote his charity challenges. Um, but pretty much from scrolling down it now, everyone else is either blurred or at least half their face blurred or sunglasses, you know, and it's blocking it out. Some are, some aren't. But yeah, it, it's... And then like the MMA fighters that we... Um, we sort of back and things like that. Uh, but yes, marketing, mate, it just looks good. Um, Fair enough. It started off with a more practical reason and it's turned into marketing. It's now on brand, it's on theme and it just looks good, mate. It makes it seem, seem better. And it also depersonalizes issues, uh, images, sorry. So people yeah, yeah. look at the image and they see the content rather than the person in the content, if that makes a weird sense. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, one day, hopefully, if we reach the dizzying heights, I'll probably ditch it and not have to worry too much. But that'll be when GTC stands on its own two feet a little bit more without me being the 
the person. And we're probably almost there, but out of habit now, it's um, yeah. it'll always sort of continue. That's fucking fair enough. Answers that question. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. There you what, go. What else you got planned for today, my man? Uh, today, a mixture of things, mate. We've got a little bit more work to do with GTC. We've got some samples incoming uh, later today. I've got a meeting with our distributor to make sure everything's running smoothly. Um, and then a bit of DIY, actually. Got to uh, sort out some bits on the garage, just smart up a little bit. So, yeah, little, little bits and bobs. And then uh, jujitsu tonight. Go get strangled in my pajamas. That's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah, I've yeah. got a I've got a task. I've got to go to the, the range, but that might that might be after the school run. I don't know. The the fun range or the range where they sell loads no, of crap for your house. Sh- the shit one. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get, got get a desk for the eldest. Um because she's just started secondary school, so she needs something to start fucking writing on. I was like, Why Yeah, she think? she needs something to ignore her homework on. Yeah, well to be fair, she's been pretty good, but it's only been two days, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that will change. I'm like, oh, that will change. And then I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the evening. I'm sure the long-haired colonel will have something for me to do. Something. That's it, mate. See what Zero Alpha's got planned. What's on yeah. the list? Yeah, I know. It's like, I'll probably go, can I go to the gym? And she'll be like, oh, well. I'm like, well, I need to. This is why I'm turning into this mess, because you're not letting me go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> not that I need an excuse to like go, I ain't going today, because... You know, I'm at that point in my life where I'm I don't really give a shit at the minute. Um, I should, but you know, it is what it is. You need to get into jujitsu, mate. You need to well, get into I've got jiu-jitsu. I've got a buddy. Um to be fair, I, I should really give him a ring. He's um he's a purple belt, so he's he's pretty pretty switched on. But fucking last time I went, he properly humbled me, like properly, like I was, I've got at least 30 kilos on him and he twisted me up like a pretzel. And I was like, I can't even use my weight or my strength against you because your technique is... No, they'll ridiculous. just smash it. His yeah. technique was ridiculous. I was like, this is annoying. Um, and yeah, I, I went boxing at the beginning of um, the summer, but then obviously the rising fucking costs with everything. I was like, if that's one thing, yeah. if, if one thing's got to go, it's little things like that. Um, that's the issue which, isn't was, it? which was alright because I they were fucking doing my head in a little bit I went there to do some drills do some mitt work hit the bag a little bit and just basically get a bit of a fucking sweat on every week are you going to do some sparring no I don't want to do sparring I don't want to get punched in the head oh you could just do body sparring no thank you I'm paying for it <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like ask- if I'm if I'm joining the, if I'm joining the club to be to do to do boxing to do, do boxing, boxing, I can understand it. If I had a fight coming up and things like that, then yes, you would spar and things like that. Mm. I'm just I'm just there to basically do a fitness class. That's what I'm there yeah. for. I don't want to do boxer size because that's gay. I want to do proper boxing, and yeah, but just without the sparring. Yeah, it's not it's not much to ask, is it? They're like, but oh, it's quite funny because they're like. But I can tell that you've done boxing before. And I went, yeah, I know. That's why I don't want to get punched in the head I anymore. don't want to be punched in the head. I've been punched in the head a lot as a fucking teen and a fucking mid, fucking early 20s. Too much, too much injury to the head. <laughs> but yeah, the jiu-jitsu thing is definitely, on the, is definitely on, the, on the cards. I need to give him a message, really, and stop being a lazy yeah. bastard. Everyone needs to be in jiu-jitsu, mate. 
It's the best. It's yeah. the best for up here and, as well as down there. And to be fair, he has offered to um, take my daughters if they want to learn any self-defense stuff as well. So, Mate, 100%. Get them in there. My, my, my eldest has got the nastiest rear naked choke I have ever seen. And she's a legend. What a legend. She is horrible. And to the point where I have to remind her that if people tap, she's supposed to let go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But dude, seriously, thank you very much for coming on. I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. Um, plus Thanks I'm... for having me, mate. It was great. It was great chat. Appreciate yeah, it. Was it. Lovely. it was lovely. Annoying that, that little fucking technical difficulty. We were going so well. And then all of a sudden it, it went, was, mate. It went, but I'm not going to bother now. Cheers. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck but. You. Once you work your magic and splice it together, you won't be able to tell, so it'll be all good. Exactly. If if even if I do that, I, I tend to not to edit mine. Um, but yeah, I'll probably cut that bit out because it's it's both of us going, Are you there? Are you there? Hello, uh, hello. There? <laughs> <laughs> but all good, all good. But cheers yeah. again for your time. And I will put thanks this for having out me on, mate. Appreciate as it. As I can with all the links to your alley fucking company. And we'll get some people to fucking get some products. I know that I'll, sounds amazing. I know I'll be getting some soon, just saying. But that's, you know, that's a secret between me and you. My wife doesn't need to know. Right. <laughs> <Legend>. <laughs> I'll, catch you, I'll catch you again soon, dude. Yeah, we'll speak soon. Thanks very much for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Catch you in a bit. Stay wavy.